All right, Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Father, I pray that you would help us this morning, that we would learn of you. Lord, that we would see this warning. And as men subject to the passions, concerns, fears, intimidations of this world. Lord, I pray You would help us to be honest about those influences that are in our lives. And may we see You high and lifted up. And knowing that You're worthy, Lord, I pray You help us to overcome the snare of this fear. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are a few things in the Bible that the, the, that the Bible describes as a snare. Uh, one of those things is listed here. One is in Second uh, Timothy 6.9. It determines that wealth can become a snare, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. We read in 1 Timothy 3.7 that our reputation, <clears throat> our reputation can become a snare. 1 Timothy 3.7, Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. For if our reputation in the eyes of those that are watching is damaged, if we are not of good report, as the Bible says we should be, if we are not blameless, then we have a reputation that is smeared and it's going to limit our ministries. That's why uh, the Bible teaches us that um, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches because if our name is good, it opens opportunities. Snares are limiting things. But what I'd like to focus on is not necessarily the, the snare of wealth or the snare of reputa- reputation. Looking around, I, I don't think any of us have the snare of wealth to worry about. But the fear of man is something that we all, we all may struggle with. Now forgive me, I I spent far too long in youth ministry, so uh, sometimes I think like a child. We all know how a snare works. Do we have any hunters in here? I mean, it's Canada. Y'all should be like chasing down moose and caribou and stuff, right? Wrestling bears, eh? You know? But one, one tool that, that hunters, trappers use is a snare. Just ignore that knot in the middle. I don't have time to mess with it. What a snare does, you know, it's fixed to an unmovable object. At least in theory, an unmovable object. We'll hope this mic stand holds up for us today. And then what the trapper does is he places that that snare, the other end of it, in a place that the animal frequents. A trapper is well aware of the habits, rituals, if you will, of those animals. Snares are rarely out in the middle of nowhere, uh, where there's no trail, where there's no game trail, where there's no indication that animals are present. It seems like trappers do their research. They set up trail cameras. Uh, 
we have some wooded property on our church. In fact, there was a 10-point buck, white-tailed buck that was killed there uh, just this past uh, season. And then there were, there were two other smaller bucks, which is ironic because my church is in the city. Um, but we also have this old wooded area. So there's like this whole thing in Knoxville, urban hunting. Now, I know that sounds weird because it is. Um, but, th- but these guys, I got men in my church, they, they came to me, they asked me, they said, Pastor, can we hunt on the church property? And I was like, yeah, man stuff. <laughs> man, they started sending these pictures of deer and everything, and sure enough, they got, they got many of them. There's some coyotes running out there too. Incredible. My point is they do the research. And, and when I come to this verse, I, I notice this phrase. When we look at this, it says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. Bringeth. The fear of man doesn't wait for you to come to it. It comes to you. It comes to you in your relationships. It comes to you in in your habits. It comes to you sometimes even in our fellowships. And it isn't brought there by the Lord. It's brought there by, by Satan. And you all know the principle that an animal comes by to a snare and the snare closes in on a limb of that, of that animal. And what does it do? It, it, limits, it limits the freedom of that, of that animal. Really what I'd like to, to get to this morning is it limits the range of that animal. It doesn't kill it. An animal could stay in a snare and as long as there's enough food around that, that perimeter, that proximity, that animal can at times feel like they've got all kinds of freedom. And the pastor friends of that animal can come by and say, well, you ought to be, be careful. It seems like you're, you're under the control of the fear of man. And, and you can say, oh, I'm not under control of the fear of man. Look at all the liberty and look at all the freedom that I have. I'm doing just fine. I don't know what you're talking about at all. I'm doing quite well. In fact, I'm able to, to serve the Lord in, in all the capacity that He has called me to. And see, that's the thing about, about the Lord, is that there's another aspect that we don't often um, associate or at least talk about in the same um, conversation or communication with the fear of man. And that's that there is also this, this thing that is extremely healthy and, and helpful, and it's the beginning of wisdom, it's the beginning of knowledge. Um, it is something that I feel that a lot have completely lost and we need to regain, and it's called the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Now here's the thing about the fear of the Lord, is that the fear of the Lord is what should is what should help guard us the fear of the lord is what should help protect us the fear of the lord is what should um is what should um should help uh, make sure that we're doing the right things. We know that He's worthy and we don't want to offend a holy God and we, we don't want to fall short on what God has asked us to do. So if you are a rope guy, I am tying a bowline over here. A bowline, uh-oh, yeah. 915. All right. <clears throat> I'm tying a bowline. This is a safety knot. A snare constricts. As not to escape, a bowline is a safety knot. A bowline, you can kind of step in and out of uh, whether you're needing to, uh, to get into that, that place of safety. Now I'm going to not be able to get in. Hang on, sorry. I'm skinny, but not as skinny as I tied it. Ah, there we go. You can get in and out kind of on your own. 
and a safety line. A safety line will help pull you out when you get in too deep. And a safety line will keep you back whenever you're on the, the ledge of, of danger, disaster. It kind of keeps you away from it. And this is, in some cases, how the fear of the Lord functions and works, isn't it? And this is where we want to be. We want to have the fear of the Lord. And there are some things that God has called us to. And we need to launch into that deep. Not getting one step behind the Lord, but also not one step ahead. And we're right where God wants us. And we have a reverential fear and concern of, of what the Lord has called us to do. And we want to function in the full limits and boundaries of that, but yet not one step out. But if God has called us to cover the full range of things... We want to be able to travel and do that. But I'll tell you where many of us live. Many of us live in this unique little place right here. Where the fear of man is limiting us, but yet... We console ourselves because we're still within the fear of the Lord. I'm doing what He's called me to do. I mean, look at me preaching. Amen! We're not having to fall under the criticism of man because, you know, we're still kind of inside that, that range and that's, and that's okay. And just look at the great liberty that we have. Isn't it wonderful? Friends, this is the danger. Is that we can spend our whole lives and whole ministries right here. We can even be fruitful. Right here. But this is the problem. God didn't call us to live right here. God didn't call us to live right here. God called us to a place called liberty. And God called us even beyond Christian liberties. I don't want to be misunderstood here. But God called us with purpose. And there are people that God called us to reach that are over here that the fear of man is not going to let us get to. And how do we know that the fear of man is, is present? It's when we are more concerned about what man is going to think than about what God says. And we're concerned about, well, if, if, we, do, if we do that, then, then they're really not going to like that. If we take on that other missionary, well, well that guy's going to complain about it. Well, if we upend our, our, our church budget to launch out and, and achieve the vision of God, then people are going to complain about that. And, and we might not be able, you see, the fear of man, it doesn't say which man is snaring you and is controlling you. Sometimes when we talk about the fear of the man, fear of man, uh, we're talking about the fear of someone else, the fear of government. And don't worry, I'm not coming to step on your toes or to go back to COVID and open that whole ball of wax and complain about things. But I'll tell you what, the fear of man was strong. What if they shut us down? What if God wanted you to go on? 
What if, what if they, they silence us? What if God wanted you to continue? Or what if people get sick? Whenever, and I'm not trying to be reckless here, but point to a time in the Bible where God said, you better watch out, you better hold back on spiritual advancement for the purpose of physical safety. Is that what we see the apostles doing? Absolutely not. We see them counting them all things but lost for the excellency of Christ. We see them launching out into the deep. Um, we see them being persecuted. We see them being attacked. But we never see them saying, oh, better not do that because then they'll come after me. No, they released themselves from the fear of man so that they could move forward and do the work of God. And yes, oftentimes whenever we're talking about the fear of man, uh, we're thinking about, oh, the, the fear of our government, or the, the fear of our friends, the fear of our wives, <laughs> the fear of, of, of other people. But it doesn't say what man. Some of us are, are under a snare, but it's, it's not under the snare of the fear of some other man. It's your fear. Your fear. Now, I know I don't need to quote these things to you because you know them, but the Bible is so clear that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. The church needs strong men. For those that were here yesterday, if I could remind you what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 3 concerning the judgment of the Lord. The judgment of the Lord was taking away their stay, their provision, and their security. And then the thing after that that we saw is that the judgment of God took away their strong men. I'll tell you what weak men do is they live right here. They live right here. They know the limit here. And they know that they're within the fear of the Lord. And they know that they're within the fear of man. Here is a very comfortable place. This is not where strong men live. Strong men do not tolerate being controlled by this snare, whether it is fear that is within them that must be overcome or fear that is imposed upon them that must courageously be cast off. God did not intend us to live inside this loop. He intended us to experience the full range of what God has called us to do and who God has called us to reach. I'm glad that for the fear of man, I didn't cower and, and, and hold back of what God's called me to do in Knoxville, Tennessee. Do you realize, this might seem absurd to you, what if I was afraid to fly? Can't go to Canada unless I'm driving and I ain't driving because I can't get back to church on Sunday. We limit ourselves when God does not intend us to be limited. Now, I'll tell you what should overcome all this is the second part of this verse. I want you to think about this now. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. 
You know, whenever I am battling with this fear and, and I have it, like it's inside, I realize that, that I've got this little fancy little microphone right now and I've got this fancy little illustration go on, going on. And if, of course, you all know better. You all know better. But some of these young guys who are like, man, Pastor Darren, he's just fearless. No, I'm not. I'm scared to death. There's a difference between being, being fearful and being controlled. I understand that sometimes fear is going to show up, sometimes concern. And yes, we ought to, to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Uh, we need to be wise about some of those things, but we should not be controlled by them. Here's what we should be controlled by, by the fear of the Lord, and that's it. And what helps me the most when fear become, becomes um, an issue in my life and begins to wave over me in a, in a controlling way is I look unto the Lord. I look unto the Lord and I look at His attributes. Let me just give you one. Do you realize that our God is omnipotent? Amen. Omnipotent, right? He's omnipotent. Now, I, I asked the, the young men this and you should have seen the look on their face like, does he actually want a response? Like, Yes, I do. What does that mean? What does that mean? Powerful. Powerful? All powerful. Who said all powerful? Hey, man! All powerful. Can I ask you a question? That word all. And power. Power is a resource. Let's look at it that way for just a moment. Money is a resource. Here's my question for you. He's all-powerful. If I have all money, do you have any? No. No. If you had one dollar, I don't have all money. I have all the money except your dollar. Should we do it? Like, go ahead and do a real illustration. Let's get the offering plates up here. I want all the money in there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Man, televangelist, just like that. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to report to the church. The Lord <laughs> opened up the windows of heaven. You know, I came back with $29.57 Canadian. <laughs> no, if I have all money, you don't have any money. You realize that the Bible says concerning the omnipotence God, like a title, it calls him the Almighty. Do you realize that God has all might? All of it. Not some of it. Not part of it. Not a portion of it. Not the majority of it. Not most of it. God has all of it. You realize that every single time your heart beats, it beats because it is massaged by the hand of God. Every single time your diaphragm drops and your lungs inhale that oxygen, those molecules, those molecules of oxygen and nitrogen which make up our air are held together by the fingertips of God. You say, Pastor Jared, you got any Bible for that? Absolutely. Does Colossians not tell us that He is before all things and by Him all things consist? Not some things, not most things, but all things. How does gravity continue to pull us down? Now, physicists will tell you it's because of the mass of the earth and because of the, the weight of its core and it, it pulls us towards its center. No, that's the hand of God. He might use resources in the physical elements in order to accomplish His purpose the same way that I use my fingers to lift this rope. But it is still my hand lifting this rope and it is still God which holds everything together. Every ounce of power that you have comes from God. Without God, you are absolutely 
nothing. And by the way, the wicked are the same way. They are sustained. The wicked are sustained by the grace of God. Isn't that, isn't that beneficent of God? Isn't that kind? That's why the Bible says that He is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward usward, not willing that any should perish, that all should believe. Have you ever considered the fact that God sustains the wicked in a long-suffering way that they might be saved in time? But my point is this. Even the wicked are sustained by the power of God because He doesn't just have some of it. He has all of it. I tell you, that's a good reason to have a fear of the Lord. It's a good reason to remember that He's worthy. He's worthy. It's also a good reason to remember that we are foolish. Foolish. To place ourselves in this snare. Allow it to remain cinched down tight on our hearts and on our minds. When it is God whom we trust. We don't trust our ability to make decisions. We don't, we don't trust our ability to smooth things over. We don't, we don't trust our, our, our abilities or our capacities. Our trust is in the Lord. And that's the point of the passage. That's the point of this proverb, this verse. It's a warning that the fear of man bringeth a snare, but, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe shall be safe. The reason we stay right here is because we think it's safe. No, it's not. It's dangerous. More so than that, staying right here is is reckless. And the worst thing we can do is teach the next generation to stay right here. We need a generation of men that is learning from a generation of men that are willing to live out here. To live far away from the fear of man, but well within the fear of God, who knows that God is worthy and God is able and God can be trusted. And we do not find our confidence or our trust in our ability to stay out from underneath the scrutiny of men. Jesus didn't stay out from under the scrutiny of men. And he said to follow him and wherever he leads, that's where we go. And where men try to hold us back and pull us down, we cut the rope and continue on. Men, that's what God has called us to be. I ask you to be honest. And I wonder how many of us Satan has taken that snare and just as the proverb says, he bringeth it and has brought this snare into your life. Chances are, if that's a reality, you're thinking of a name, of a person, of a group. Maybe you're looking into the mirror and you know that the face on that snare is you. Friend, could it be possible that the Holy Spirit of God is revealing to you right now the very thing that's holding you back from fulfilling His 
complete purpose for your life, for your church, for your family, for your ministry. So what do we do about it? Well, it's easily understood, but hard to do, isn't it? This is what we do. We love you. We love you. But we serve him. Father, thank you for the time that we've had this morning. Dear God, I pray this has been helpful in someone's life today. Lord, you have called us with a holy calling, and I pray that with, with a fear, a trembling in our bones, that we would be more concerned about what you think of us than what some other man thinks of us. And with compassion, seeking to live peaceably with all men, I pray that we would care for those that you have placed us around, Lord, that we would influence them for their good and for your glory. But I pray that we would not be bound by them. Lord, I pray that we would humble ourselves before you, seek you, serve you with courage. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.